rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody. What's up? Yes, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. And SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a review on iTunes and keep coming back, right? It works if you work it. So work it, you're worth it. And live it. All right, so let's see. What else? Oh, become a patron. I want to thank my patrons. Later, later in the show, we'll do, a, we'll do a shout out to the patrons. I encourage everybody to join the Patreon. And if you do, eventually, if we get enough patrons, we will have a daily show. Okay? It won't just be weekly. We can get together on a daily basis like uh, most legitimate po- progressive talk shows do. And we can get through fascism together. And not just through it. We'll... What I, I hope to do something about it, right? Isn't that why we're, we're hanging out together? We don't want to just sit back and uh, watch the end of Western civilization. We want to participate in uh, perhaps doing something about this crazy train that's off the rails. So putting it down on the rails, right? Well, I don't know. Let me see. What else? I'm also going to be at, I just want to make this amount, I'll, I'll make another announcement later. I'm going to, uh, at the end of the month, at the end of August, not this month, uh, I'm going to be on a panel. It's, a, it's an event, something nice. Do something nice for a change. It's at, there's a, something called the Minds event. So if you go to my Twitter channel, it's, it's pinned to the top of the page, and it's uh, it's a panel of all different, and it's actually a bunch of panels all throughout the day. I'm going to be on a, a, my own particular panel with a few people from different political persuasions. So that should be interesting um, because I'm not really, I have a lot of anger issues. I'm not, nothing, nothing bad is going to happen, but I'm not going to sit around and listen to a bunch of bullshit from conservatives and half and I'm sure the the conservatives that are on the panel I'm sure they're very lovely people or maybe not I don't know but I I mean they they I think they're kind of like half my age you know they don't know what the hell they're talking about and I wonder it's more fascinating to me why why somebody would believe um whatever they believe, let's say the racist beliefs or whatever it is, however they couch it. But, well, maybe we'll get to the bottom of it. So at this Minds event in, it's uh, Minds, New Jersey slash Philadelphia, ending racism, violence, and authoritarianism. And if you use the code TARABUSTER, you will get, I think it's now 15% off. So come and uh, join me there. So, um, we can get through this together because I need the backup, baby. I'm calling, I'm putting out the bat signal, so I need help. Okay, let's see. I do want to talk about Trump's parade, which, and that's why I named this particular show. I was thinking about what am I going to talk about? What, there's a, there's a plethora, it's a cornucopia of, uh, of corruption, and fascism to talk about. It never stops. And, and I think about the, the name of my website, Republican Dirty Tricks, which is now RDT Daily. But 
I think about, you know, we'll never run out of material at Republican Dirty Tricks. Maybe I should have called the conservative dirty tricks because, as I always say, a conservative rose by any name stinks. Somebody else, this is what conservatives do. They attack me on Twitter a lot, and then they block me when I respond to them with truth. That's the thing. They don't want truth penetrating their easily manipulated minds. And it's pretty fascinating. But it, all, it goes to show you that it's not just America. All over the world, human beings are afflicted with that condition, the, the authoritarian dictator envy. And they, they long for a daddy. It's, n- it's not a mommy because they consider female to be weak. They, they long for a, an authoritarian daddy to save them from the scary complex world. That's about 35% of humans have this authoritarian tendency in them. And they're incapable of really functioning in a democratic society. They don't like democracy, as we always say. That's really the underlying theme of all these shows, is that Republicans hate democracy. They really do. They are confused by America. America is very confusing for them because we are a nation of immigrants, yet they hate immigrants. And we are a diverse country, but they are very afraid of diversity. They're, they're terrified. And we're a democracy, or suppose, I mean, we are an aspirational democracy. Let's get that straight. But they don't want people to vote. You see what I'm saying? They're, they really hate America. Un- underneath it all, all of their humping of the flag and their, their American flag lapel pins and their turning the flag into some kind of abysmal frock that they wear at that rally, that Trump rally that was masquerading as a salute to America. Yeah, they don't like America. They're confused by America because we, everything that we are, they hate. And everything that America, that makes America great, they are actively working to dismantle. It is great. A nation of immigrants, that's a great thing. Immigration makes us stronger. You want people who pick up their lives and they come here. It takes a lot of energy to pick up your life, to leave your family, to leave your home and resettle in a new land. That's a land you want to be in. Somebody who makes that kind of effort to be here, that's the kind of person we want here. They, and that's why America, we used to embrace the, that whole notion that we are a nation of immigrants because we are. If you're not a Native American, you are an immigrant. And we're not an old country, so you're, you go back, unless I guess you came off the Mayflower, which there aren't many of us. Not me. I mean, actually, I did the 23andMe, and interestingly enough, I, have, I am 1% Native American, believe it or not. Me. I thought I was all Irish. That's what I thought. When my, my cousin did the 23andMe, and I, I was like, oh, I'll do it too. And he, he got all basically Irish and English and, and, of course, Scandinavian. Because everybody, if you're in that part of the world because of the Viking marauders, most people have Scandinavian ancestry as well. And so, anyway, I 
found out that they, they, and they knew that it was somebody who was born between 1700 and 1790, that I have a great, 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 uh, seven greats grandparent who was 100% Native American. So that's an interesting story to me. And I wondered who, who this person could be. I re really would like to know more about them and their, their life, especially born in that period of time, 1700 to between 1700 and 1790. Uh, that's pretty cool because that's right in the middle of the American Revolution or maybe a part, not in the middle, but up, uh, they could have been a part of the American Revolution. And I thought that that's kind of neat. Maybe there is a British soldier that came over to to fight in the revolution and they f met a Native American and fell in love and had a baby and who knows, maybe went back to England because most of my my ancestry is, they, they narrow it down to Irish and English and then I had this, this outlier, Native American. I thought that was kind of neat anyway, but there you go. This, and, and other things in there, I had Eastern Europe, very, very minute, um, Scandinavian, Eastern European, it was 80% English and Irish, and uh, but there you go. Anyway, the fact is that my grandparents came from Ireland. They came from another country, and, you know, uh, so did Donald Trump. So did many, many people. Not I, I, uh, Everybody I know, pretty much, is uh, right off of uh, the boat, so to speak. Uh, only a few generations away. And that's, that makes us a great country. You know what I mean? But then I always say the people at the border now, right? We have this, hor this horrific crisis going on at the border, and there are concentration camps in effect, in full effect down there, and we need to call it what it is. And, that, and now Republicans, because they're such... Uh, uh, they're such innate fascists. That's the thing. So what? Because what, what I was saying was that they, we, all over the the world, there, every country has to deal with their right wing idiots. You know what I mean? Even, even in Norway, in Finland, in the happiest places on earth, they have these idiots too. But they don't allow them to, to get power. What happens when a right-winger gets power? Uh, give me an example. Somebody. I consider myself a student of history, a student of what's of the present as well. But, oh, tell me, somebody. Point it out to me. Maybe I, I'm missing it. Are there any successful right-wing countries all over the world that, that makes their citizens happy? I mean, isn't that the, the point of having a civilization? We band together to form a more perfect union in the pursuit of happiness. So we're, and human beings are interconnected. We are interdependent. So no one is an island unto themselves. We all live together. We have to live together. We, what's the worst torture you can give for, to somebody? Is you, is you separate them from the, from the community. You put them in solitary confinement. That's, that's torture. People go mad with that. So the, uh, we, are, we are in this together, whether Republicans like it or not. But the, the fact is, these, these uh, right-wingers, that are, they have entirely too much power in our country, and they are illegitimate because 
the Democratic Party receives more votes in general, uh, and we've, we've gone through this before, but yet the, the Republicans remain in charge because they are cheaters. They cannot, like I said, they don't like democracy. So why would they meet us squarely on the field of ideas with their, with their shitty kiss-up, kick-down ideas? I mean, they're not ideas anyway. It's the same system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. That's what they want to bring us back to. These are the heirs of the British loyalists. Believe me, if this were 1776, they'd be pining to be trickled upon by the king. And, and if the revolution, uh, a lot of pe- during the, re- the time of the revolution, there, a lot of people were against it. They didn't want to separate from England. They didn't want to have anything to do with this progressive push for democracy because we created this country. Liberals created America, not conservatives. The conservatives wanted to be the, uh, they wanted the, they, their natural sovereign lord, the king, to rule them as he had done for thousands of years. The intergenerational aristocracy, the right people ruling. You can't have democracy breaking out that's that is that's a dirty word why would you give power to uh, the 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 plebs the underlings the unwashed the uneducated but so this whole thing that we're doing this this uh, this america thingy is a radical liberal idea that pushed people forward from a from a system that they had only known for for thousands of years. So we created America. We are the patriots. Liberals are the true patriots. We're the ones capable of functioning in a democracy and realizing the the promises of our founding documents. Re- while Republicans, what are they doing? Throwing up barriers to it. And the, that, that, that disgusting salute to authoritarianism on the 4th of July, that Trump, first of all, he, is, he still owes money from his, his low-energy, badly-produced inauguration show. So now we have to sit through this 4th of July show, and, of course, he takes money from, from uh, us— because we're the ones, he's taking money from the parks services, and we're the ones that want to go. You think he goes into a park and enjoys a park? No, those are for us. We the people, you know, those socialist things, a park. Oh, God. But so that whole sh- display that went on in, in Washington, D.C., of course, it was, it was great that it rains, but the, it's what a, how pathetic how small we look with the, the tanks rolling down the street and the planes flying over. That's all that Trump, that's what Trump thinks. And that's what his, his moronic followers, that's what they think. That's America. That makes me more, even more certain that they do not love America. Republicans don't love America. Conservatives don't love America, they are confused by America because they think that America is the, her military. In fact, the, the, only we, the only reason we have a standing army is because the vote, we, we lost the vote for 
um, having a conscripted army uh, that would be called up in the time of, of national crisis by one vote in the original, uh, you know, during the, the formation of this country. Oh, man, what a different country we would be if we didn't, if that, if we didn't lose that vote. Honestly, I think that it's, we would be a better, we would be better off without having a standing army. Because the standing army is the, the, the founding, the founders of this country understood the danger of, uh, of a standing army to a free and, um, you know, free people. Because they, they're, not, they're not like Trump anzies and Trump. They, were, they understood history. They knew, uh, you know, they read a book or two and they, they understood the, the histories of republics and how they fall. And so, you know, I mean, throughout history, that's what happened. I mean, even in the Roman Republic, there was that one brief moment where the Romans could have returned to a republic, but the Praetorian Guard picked a, um, you know, because they wanted to keep their own power, they, and they gave, what was it? Who was it? It was Nero, and then it was, oh, his name escapes me. With a C, somebody will tell me. Not uh, Caligula. Um, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, whatever. It's, it's it's going out of my mind now. I'm sorry, guys. You know what I'm saying. Who's the who's the who's the Roman emperor after Nero? Nero. Emperor. R. This is why I need a producer. And who? Oh, Claudius. Right. That's what it was. His uncle, Claudius. And at that time, because they it was they conspired, the Senate conspired to to get rid of the emperor because uh, they were sick of being abused by mentally ill megalomaniacs, and it hadn't even been that long since they had um, you know since Augustus had turned the Roman Empire into I mean the Roman Republic into an empire, so there was that brief moment where they. The, the power was going to go back to the Senate, but it was the Praetorian Guard that, that's his, the, the, guard, the private guard of the emperor that picked uh, Claudius to, because they didn't want to lose their own power. And that's why initially when Trump had his own, he wanted to bring in his own guard, his own special secret service to, to protect him, uh, the people were... Um, what do you call it? They were alarmed about yet another example of Trump undermining democracy because that's there's a historical precedent for that kind of um, you know the, having your own personal uh, guard to protect you. How it ends up badly for for democracies and um, all. But all you need for the for democracy to fail are a bunch of compliant, complicit enablers like we have in the Republican Party. So we're, we're witnessing it right before our, our eyes. Why can't I talk today? I'm sorry. I can't talk. I usually have a little bit of a some stumbling on words, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, you guys are uh, very supportive anyway, even though sometimes I just say words and they don't come out right. Anyway, so let me let me. Uh, I wanted to talk about the parade, that 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 disgusting display of 
of what? I don't even know. And uh, let me just play this this clip from, uh, and it is from the when Trump with the the Continental Army. Well, let, let me first. I'll play this one because all the speech, all all this. I don't know if you if you were able to bear l- listening to the speech, but I I didn't watch it live. I made a point not to watch it be- because. I really believe that anybody who I mean I understand the 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 point of watching it from afar for a sociological experiment or whatever watching it for political science purposes um not supporting him but anyone who went there and participated in 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 filling up Trump with his narcissistic supply on the backs of of the of the American people, on the back of democracy and the and the service people that had to go and instead of having a day off with their families, had to go fly over Trump so he can get a hard on. Um, they they are the traitors to this country. They really need to. Uh, I mean, really, right there when I was looking uh, after the fact, I watched the speech. Not all of it, but as uh, much as I can handle. And they pan out over the crowd. And, of course, it's very white out there. It's, there's a few, few uh, black faces here and there, very few. Um, black people aren't that stupid. I guess there's a lot more stupid white people. I don't know why. It's pretty scary. But they, they cling to their stupidity, too. Sort of like that's their American birthright, I guess, right? All over the world, other countries, they take pride in learning other languages and learning about uh, history and being educated. And But not here in the United States of Serfs and Lords. We have the, a whole cast of people that consider ignorance to be a, a rallying cry. They consider that to be a plus. They love that Trump is just as stupid as they are. But it's it's a... It's disgusting, and it's also really dangerous. Now, it would be funny if Trump wasn't uh, merely destroying the earth, right? I mean, that's, it would be a, a, a laugh riot. Now, every time something happens and he, and he says something stupid and he does something stupid and he, go, and he goes and, uh, you know, strokes the sword of another dictator, I wonder what Nancy Pelosi is thinking. And... And I see just how much we truly need um, a, a revolution in this country, a real, not, and I'm not talking about a, a shooting war, but we need the, a kind, a political revolution, a progressive revolution, just like the founders had against the British loyalists and the crown. We need to push this country forward, get rid of these albatrosses hanging around our necks, these right-wing disgraces to America. They they need to be educated, frankly. Of course, we're not going to get rid of them all. All, like I was saying, all of countries all over the world have, they have to deal with their conservative morons. But you, you don't give them power. What you do is you drag them along with you, kicking and screaming. All the way, they always kick and scream into the future. They don't. They want to stay where they are. They're very, they're very small, frightened, fragile people. So we we understand that they cannot handle 
power. Because when they get power, what, what, what do they do with it? They do they, uh, I mean, like, we, like they always say, like, they're, like the Jesus they pretend to worship, know them by their fruits. What do they do? They put babies in cages? They have military-style authoritarian dictator-envying parades? Um, they gerrymander and rig, and they, they, they shove sexual, assaulting, uh, sexual assaulters, alcoholics, onto the Supreme Court? They steal the Supreme Court. They, they wipe their asses with the processes of democracy that keeps democracy safe. They want to dismantle everything that makes this country great including education, public education, uh, anything, uh, anything that unifies. They don't, want any, they don't want us to be unified because they can't rule a unified country. Then that's another thing I'm going to get into when we talk about the Democrats again. I'm going to talk about, you know, Joe Biden or whatever later. Um, because uh, that neoliberal, neoliberalism is uh, not, the, not the answer, okay? We really do need a progressive uh, revolution and a new New Deal. That, we do. We need the Green New Deal. We need a rallying cry, an ambitious and bold rallying cry to get behind, to unify, and to save this goddamn dying empire and the planet. We have... 12 years to do something about climate change. It's not about uh, incremental um, pleasing the banksters when our backs are up against the wall. So, all right, well, let me just play this, this one before we get any further into it. But um, here is here's Trump's salute to authoritarianism. He's, and, and this is just a glimpse of, the, of, of his horrible speech. It was, it was horrific. It was, it, uh, oh, anyway, let me just play it. Ever since Marines have fought in every American war, their legend has grown and grown and grown with each passing year. It was the Marines who won America's first overseas battle, vanquishing Barbary pirates on the grown shores of Tripoli. And grown and grown it was, it was engorged and flamed and throbbing. And I mean, that's why it's, they, they, it's like a cure for Viagra for these freaks. Their high, stiff collar, which shielded them from the pirate sword, earned them the immortal name Leatherneck. <laughs> I mean, I want to vomit. <laughs> Leatherneck. Oh, my God. It's the Marines who, after two long days of battle, oh, marched battle. through the halls of Montezuma. Battle that he would have shit his, his, his princely pants. If he ever heard of a battle in the distance, this freak, this bone spur, cadet bone spur, fake draft dodging patriot. It was the Marines who took heavy casualties to kick the Kaiser's troops out of Bella Wood in World War One, earning. Of course, the Kaiser, and any any authoritarian, any any fascist. This guy, he'd be he. He'd be his bud. He'd be tweeting. I mean, if Twitter was invented then, you, you guarantee that he would be tweeting at Hitler, can we be best friends? Well, just like he tweeted at Putin. Can Putin be my best friend? He actually tweeted that, Trump. The title, Devil Dogs. 
Wait, hold on. Let me rewind that a little. The Kaiser's troops out of Bella Wood in World War I, earning the title Devil Dogs. What the fuck is this? Are we, what are we listening to? Remember, at the same spot where MLK gave his I Had a Dream speech, we get this? This is a book report from a 12-year-old. It has nothing. He has no new information. He's just repeating something that somebody who isn't that interesting or smart wrote for him. What is... I, and these idiots are standing in the rain listening to it? Look at this. And it was the Marines who raised the flag on the black sands of Iwo Jima. Okay, please clap. What the fuck? It's... That's why I, when I watched the speech, I was like, these, these right-wingers hate this country. Everything. They talk about a salute to America. What is a salute to America? Except in their eyes, it's the, it's military. That's it. It's just the military. It's being a bully. And it's pathetic. There's, what is so great about America is that we are a nation of immigrants, a nation of laws, with a civilian leadership that doesn't kowtow to a military. The military answers to the civilian leadership. I mean, unfortunately, now we have this asshole, this draft-dodging, this, this moron. And then, of course, yes, a moron. Imagine. Now, of course, we, we, we always play that game. What if Obama did it? Imagine if, what, what would Republicans do if Obama got up and, and gave a speech like that? It's not even a speech. He sucks. He can't even pretend to have emotion in an interesting manner. He doesn't have emotion. And, he, and of course, when he gave his speech in Normandy, which was another disgrace to America, the, all the pundits were, they were praising him, which I find is, it's unbelievable. This is why, honestly, I, know, I, I, I ask you to please support this show. Support shows like this one, like Bob Kincaid, like Mike Malloy, because we are the liberal media. I watched the liberal media, so-called, on MSNBC, praising Twitler for giving a speech in Normandy what, without what, giving a speech, one, a boring, a badly written, boring book report that had absolutely no emotion. It was embarrassing to watch because you know he has no feelings and he's pretending and he's, in, he's adding his inflection in certain points that isn't, isn't appropriate. It's so sophomoric and, and stupid. And is that how we're, we're so easily led? This great country of morons. Oh, he, he did such a great job. He hit every note. This is what I remember somebody on, on MSNBC talking about. He, Trump's, uh, he, he really did hit every note. Let me see if I can find that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I'm looking it up. Damn it. This is what sucks about this program. 
not my program. I mean the program that I used to <laughs> broadcast the program. Um, I wish they had a better library system. You know what I mean? To, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Oh, my God. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to play it again. This is Jim Acosta praising Twitler's D-Day remarks. It certainly does, John. I think this was perhaps the most on-message moment of Donald Trump's presidency today. <laughs> uh, we were all wondering whether this he is would why from his remarks. You see, this is why this country is, is swirling around the toilet. It, it's about to hit the sewer, man, because this is why we have the fourth estate that why don't they say, oh, he's able to read a teleprompter. Don't be fooled uh, by this, by this idiot. We're not that easily impressed. Why are we so um, we're tripping over each other to get in front of a camera and praise this fascist freak after he's he embarrasses us all over the world right from from uh, right right before he gave this speech he's sitting on Fox News in front of a uh, uh, using the headstones of fallen American soldiers who died fighting fascism f fighting people like Donald Trump's best buds so uh, he gets from that, that position, he's standing, you know, he's, uh, well, while he's in front of all the tombstones, he's denigrating democracy. He's, he's, he's calling out um, Mueller. He's talking about crooked Hillary and all. It's, uh, and then he, he saunters over to the microphone in front of the world and gives, reads a teleprompter, reads a, a badly written speech off a teleprompter, and pretends to be human for 15 minutes. And the fourth estate, Jim Acosta, of, of all people, right, is uh, praising him to the hilt. So, I mean, this is why we need your support, honestly. It's uh, th this guy, Jim Acosta. Now, he, I guess uh, in his mind, I suppose it makes him unbiased or something. Like, as if it matters. Like, Trump's opinion matters. A, the opinion of a Trump and Z matters. Oh, fake news, fake news. You see, I'm not fake news. I can be impartial and praise him when he deserves it, when he doesn't deserve it at all. He doesn't deserve praise. He, I mean, well, the best he could get is an eye roll, frankly. Why would we praise him for doing, for not shitting his pants for once? Just for 15 minutes, though, because five minutes before that 15 minutes, he was embarrassing us and, de and denigrating the service of every man who ever died on that beach. Oh, what a disgust disgusting disgrace, really. And, and you know what? That, this is why the founders put the, in, in our founding documents, the, the protected journalists, the free press, because it is necessary, it is vital for democracy. What does vital mean? It means that you cannot live without it. And this thing cannot survive with a, a complicit, compliant corporate media alone. And you know what? Um, they, we can blame the Democrats for that, too. So The Democrats, the, the DLC. we got to get real here. The DLC Democrats 
compliant and complicit with the right. I mean, the right wingers are off the chart fascists. That's it. I mean, that's it. There's no. They are. They have passed the point of no return. This is not Eisenhower's Republican Party, but they. You, you know, it's not. It's not like oh, uh, so praiseworthy that you can get along with fascists and work with them. You don't work with them. You, you have to educate people, and that's why they want to this – is, this is why the, the, the elites of this country took over the media, and that's why they're taking over the Internet, too. What do you think this net neutrality thing is all about? Oh, mamma mia. Mamma mia. All right. Let me see what else he – did I finish the whole thing here? Let's uh, go off of uh, his script there, but he stayed on script. Stayed on message, and I think rose oh, to the moment. Freaking and as he was talking- oh, he rose to the moment. Really? What the hell? It's like I feel like I am living in in the novel 1984. Frankly, look at this. He he really hit all of the right I think uh, moments in that speech when he was paying respect to these heroes. What? I mean, come on. Let, uh, give us a little credit out here. What the F? Wait, let me pull, uh, from that speech from, uh, from President Trump's remarks there, uh, John, is that we're witnessing sort of the end of an era, uh, that the greatest generation is beginning to pass us by. And uh, thank goodness. Okay, yeah. Oh, the great. All right, let me get into this now, too. Look, if you guys, if you're not, if you're listening on Progressive Voices, there is a shot of Twitler and his th- third tro- trophy wife pointing at the crowd. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Whoopi do and Jim Acosta standing there very journalistically praising him. So aren't we proud? Red, uh, isn't your red, white, and blue heart pumping patriotic stars thinking about a con man, a tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man and his third trophy wife being able to read a speech off a teleprompter in front of the world. Who, a, a shitty speech, too. What was so great about that speech? He told stories about better men than himself, people who know how to sacrifice. They know the meaning of e pluribus unum. They, oh, uh, one of the things that he said at the speech was, and he looked to his friend and said, please take care of my family if I am to fall or whatever. It's like, what the? I, this guy, you think that Trump ever gives a, a, a freaking hair's hair of a damn about anybody else but himself? No. And there is Jim Acosta. He might as well have uh, one of those watches, those pocket watches. You are getting very sleepy. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Just look at the watch. President Trump hit all the notes. He is a great leader. He, you know, I mean, I don't know what the hell. It's like, um, I suppose you're really trying too hard, Jim Acosta. Please, let's get real. This guy is a clear and present danger to Earth. All right? Not only did he receive fewer votes on top of it, he's illegitimate. He shouldn't be the president. Okay, but he is a he doesn't believe in climate change. Him and all his minions and they're doing everything they can to stop 
progress on doing something about climate change. That alone should be enough. And what about uh, even the fact that he hasn't paid, he's stiffing people all over the country for his campaign rallies, and he still owes millions of dollars to us, we the people, for his friggin' inauguration, for his badly produced inauguration. And now we, in front of the world, he gives a horrible, horrible speech on the 4th of July, bastardizing the entire meaning of what it means to be an American. It's not, no, no, we're not powerful because we have a powerful military. That's beside the point. You're a weak-ass little, whiny little weakling to get up there and be, uh, he's like the guy, I don't know, um, the, it's like, the, the, there's, an, there's a Native American saying. See, I'm getting in touch with my Native American side now. But there's a Native American saying that those who speak the most have the least to say yeah, a lot. Anyway, maybe I could talk about myself when I say that because <laughs> I talk a lot. And it is called Tara Buster. No, no, no. I'm not talking. I do have something to say. So not like him. He's got nothing to say. What does he say? Anyway, has he ever said anything that is of value? Anybody? Tell me. And this is what I was saying earlier. Please, if, if I'm misinformed, please educate me. I'd like to learn. See, that's the difference between Republicans and normal people. Normal people want to learn. And when they get new information, they adjust their ideology. They adjust their programs, their plans. You see, if I got new ideas, like if I had the idea that funneling all, if, if this was fact, right, that funneling all the money to the, and the power to the top actually did trickle down and create overwhelming par- prosperity for the majority of human beings, I'd be all for it. We'd all be for it. Normal people would be for it. But not, not Republicans. You see, Republicans do not change their ideology, no matter what. That's how, that's why they're, they're like a cult. No matter what the problem is, they have one solution. It's tax breaks, tax breaks, or deregulation, tax breaks, tax breaks. Anything to funnel more money into the hands of the, of the rich, because that's, that's another case in point. They don't like democracy. They are dismantling it. Giving more money, funneling money to the top, it means that democracy is weaker and then they un- they do everything they can to m- maintain the corruption to ensure that the money in politics is the is uh, that is the you know greasing the wheels to the hall in the into in the halls of power they're all for it so oh jim acosta will you ever learn let me see so of course then trump went on about I'm just looking for his other speech here. Let's see. Let's. He went on about. Oh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the clip I just played. Named. That's where they got the name. Leatherneck. Shut the fuck up. And they got called Devil Dog. He's really impressed with names and just he he loves the fiction. Of, of being in the military, but you'd think he would, he would want to put on a uniform, but the only time he put on a uniform was to parade around like a peacock when he was in, uh, in that military school. When it came his time to actually 
put on a uniform and serve. He ran right to his daddy and said, Daddy, help me. Like his daddy helped him his whole life. So, Daddy, help me. I'm scared. I'm just a, I'm just a little boy with a smaller than average penis. What am I going to do? According to uh, Stormy Daniels. Smaller than that. I mean, that's really the root of it all. And plus his narcissism. Something is really wrong with the entire Trump clan, though, I believe. I, and cause Trump is a big believer in uh, genetics, right? Well, I guess in his gene tree, there's a lot of sociopathy, selfishness. There's nothing, there's nothing uh, admirable about being a selfish prick. In fact, the ultimate in selfishness, what is the ultimate in selfishness? Murder, right? You take the, the, the most prized possession of any creature on earth is their life. So, you know, uh, Trump is basically, he's a sociopath. I believe, and uh, anyway, whatever. I was going off on that, and there was a point to it, but I got distracted, and now I'm going back to this, trying to find this effing movie that I've been talking about for five minutes. Oh, yeah, here it is. Trump, and, well, we've, I'm sure you've heard it because uh, it's been all over Twitter. It's been on the news. Trump and his, his version of American history, how the Continental Army took over the airports. The Continental Army <laughs> suffered a bitter winter of Valley Forge, found glory across the waters of the Delaware, and seized victory from Cornwallis seized. of Yorktown. All the strong. Our army manned the air. It ran the ramparts. Ran the, the ramparts. It did everything. <laughs> took over the airports. It did. It took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. It had. It, it, it did everything it had to do. It, it jumped into the future. And took over the airports, right from Cornwallis, right under his, un, under the Space Force. McHenry, under the rocket's red glare, Holy it had shit. nothing but victory. And when dawn came... No, it was the most amazing, biggest victory that the world had ever seen. Their star-spangled banner waved defiant. Oh, my God. You see, um, that's enough right there, Nancy. Pelosi, what the f? And why? Why don't Nancy write another strongly worded email? Another strongly uh, concerned email or a request for a document or two in a uh, or maybe maybe in a in a press conference you could say how how uh, not worth it it is to pursue this clear threat to 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 us to the future how are we ever going to get back from this this is what I, I mean i asked this last week and i feel like i ask this every week how do we ever get back from come back from this you know what i mean you can't it's like we're we are forever damaged if we do not use this this moment as the impetus to propel us forward to a real progressive revolution so we can look back and say hey you know that was the that was the springboard we will we never want to go there again we have to confront this like the germans confronted their history after world war 2 
They had to. I mean, a lot of them had to be forced to confront it. I mean, we know the, the story of how Eisenhower made the, the townspeople in uh, near, I can't remember which concentration camp, but he forced the town to go and clean up the bodies and bury the bodies of the murdered uh, victims of German of the German war machine of their of their racist policies, because otherwise they would never believe it. And here in the United States of serfs and lords, what we never confront our history, our racist ass history, and our stupidity. We and it's like it's a machine of stupidity. It's like a perpetual motion machine of stupidity that goes around and around, never stops. It's the corporate media feeding off of this, uh, the, the, this, this corrupt political establishment that is funded with money. And, and you see how they, they're mocking Bernie, right? They're constantly mocking him as, uh, oh, he's this old, um, this old codger, get off my lawn. Huh? You know, this is what this other woman last week, we played a clip of from, from MSNBC. But the, the fact is, um, all of Bernie's policies that are being adopted the, in, the, in the Democratic Party, the, the left, the real FDR wing of the Democratic Party. And, we, and when you think about it, even the Republicans are, you know, of course, they're fear-mongering about Medicare, about universal health care, Medicare for all, Medicare for none, it means... You know, they like it Medicare for some, you see. That's what it is. That's what it means to be a Republican in a country that of, of – uh, in a Democratic Republic that w- – whose founders pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other, right? That sounds like socialism to me, frankly. What does pledging your life, fortune, and sacred honor mean? That means – we're in this together. That means we stick together, we win. E pluribus unum. So everything that the Republicans talk about is bullshit. They want to keep you divided and fighting amongst each other. That's why they don't like Medicare at all. They, that, that's what it is. The Republicans don't like Medicare at all. They don't want Medicare, you know, Medicare for some, Medicare for them. And that's why Republicans, they're, when I talk about the, that they really are unfit, they are. Because they are like the Goldilocks of, of uh, policy, right? Of, uh, I mean, Goldilocks of America in general. Because this is what we were talking about the other week. It's like the government is just right. It's, all, it's just big enough in the ways that it helps them. You see, they believe that they, they deserve it. It's the other people that are abusing it. So if they need to go on welfare, these, you know, these Trump fanzies, they're, they're fine. They're, they're okay because they deserve it, you see? But anybody else, if you need uh, help or whatever, forget it. You're, they don't want to share with anybody but themselves. And that's why you hear them whining about, oh, um, now Republicans will protect your pre-existing conditions and... It's the same thing. They, that, that's their pattern. <clears throat> Sorry. That's their pattern throughout history. They, they battle Social Security. They battle Medicare. And then they position themselves as its champion, all the while proclaiming it's socialism, socialism, socialism. 
You know what I mean? It's all the way. And they fear, oh, Medicare for none, Medicare for none. And the Democrats who buy into this really piss me off because they're going to blow it again. This is what I'm most afraid of. And you know what? To allow Trump to have his 4th of July uh, circle jerk down there in, in Washington, D.C., and not do anything about it. What, what did Nancy Pelosi have to say about, about this? It's n- nothing, right? Oh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, no, it's not. It's more than unfortunate. It is dangerous. It, she should be impeaching this criminal already. What does it take? What will it take? Does he have to um, make love to Kim Jong-un in Macy's window? and wipe him off with the Declaration of Independence? What will it take? He's doing nothing, but it's like, just like his entire life, he's been handed everything. He's, he's a tax-dodging, tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man and who has never worked a day in his life, and he's been getting away with it, and he continues to get away with it. And we, because why? Because you know why? I will tell you. Why am I asking? I'm asking a question, and now I'm answering it. Because the, okay, maybe some people aren't going to like this, but we, the, the political system on both sides is broke, right? It's broken with money. Money in politics is the root of all evil. We have a political party. We have one party to the right that is completely fascist, and they are tickling the fascist, racist, funny bones of a very bunch of stupid, you know, morons. And uh, those are the ones who were who were cheering the the military parade. They were all, you know, jerking off down there about about the military. When that that's the military is not democracy. Okay, they they should be, um, you know. But but that's what I'm saying. They're confused by America. They're confused. And then you have another political party that is, that is also a little, uh, you know, they're not as evil, right? They're not as, um, not, like the, not like the fascist freaks. Like they, they like to play by the rules, but they are still benefiting from the broken system. They, they, one of Nancy Pelosi's claim to fame is that she is... I, uh, she's a good fundraiser. She gets a lot of money. But that's the, is that really something to boast about? Why, why do we have a system with, flooded with money where, you're, where Joe Biden gives his speech and then um, go, you know, his, uh, his announcement that he's running for president, and from right, he, he releases a, his video on Twitter and goes right to a party with the the CEO of Comcast and and a bunch of Republican donors donors to Paul Ryan campaign and um, what's his name John Boner so that's not that's nothing to really boast about frankly and 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 so climate change and all of the problems that that we have in this country are because they're they're really trying to walk that fine line between you know being the party of the people and you know winking and nodding to Wall Street and and and, and keeping the system going 
long enough for it to continue to benefit them when we really need a a real we need a revamp the fact that the that we live and i say this every week because we need to be reminded and i think it needs to get out there more that we are the least upwardly mobile country in all of the oecd countries more least upwardly least upwardly mobile than 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 england and that wasn't the same way uh and uh 30 years ago it was the exact opposite that's so how did that happen is because we're you know we're just so stupid all of a sudden no because they they funneled money to the top where they changed the tax laws they changed campaign finance laws and it's all of the corruption that allows they do it legally it's just like what happened in nazi germany that's how the nazis took over legally and peaceful well not peacefully not a hundred percent peacefully they used intimidation tactics they beat people up and things like that and uh but everything was handed off peacefully uh, legally in in their in the parliament to to these freaks right so it's it's sort of the same way now that they have they're packing the courts they and every time that Let's say, like, for instance, when uh, Mitch McConnell shoves, uh, blocks President Obama from, from appointing a Supreme Court justice, basically blocking we the people, our choice for, um, a, for the president to pick a Supreme Court justice, right? He's, he says, you know, that's right again, right again, that Republicans hate democracy. What do they care? And the, the dumbasses down there in uh, Washington, in at Trump's uh, salute to authoritarianism, they don't care either. They just think, oh, it's winning. I'm winning while everything is being unraveled. You know what I mean? So, but the, but the, the, this is why we need a real progressive um, I guess, champion. I don't know if it's necessarily Bernie. Of course, I'm a, I am for Bernie. I love Bernie. I think we should all be commending him for pushing the party where it needs to go, for the, pushing the Democratic Party, because without him, we'd still be talking about incremental, because they're still talking about incremental. Oh, what's, why, why not $12 an hour? What's the difference between $12 an hour and $15 an hour? Remember how $15 an hour was so pie in the sky? Now it's the law of the land here in New York City and a lot of other states. It used to be so. It was so pie in the sky. Get your pie. Get your pie out of the sky, buddy. Now it's like, oh, um, are you? Uh, you how are you for universal health care? Are you? You know, they all agree that health care should be a right. Well, except for like Hickenlooper, but you know. We still have—the fact is, what I believe, and you could disagree with me, but I do believe that if, um, if Joe Biden is the nominee, we're going to lose. And not just we, not just Democrats, humans, people, animals, trees, earth, an inhabitable planet are, are going to lose. Decency— Democracy, the future, okay? Those all, just put those on the table because that's what's on the ballot. And, and, and I'm not Trump. If that, that's, that's just not enough. I'm not Trump. 
Trump is disgusting. Yes. We, didn't we try this tact before? We all know he sucks. But, of course, they, they are counting on that there's going to be Trump fatigue and, and there are decent Republicans. Are they decent? Because if, if they were decent, they wouldn't have voted for Trump in the first place. This is what I'm, I always say, because like, I know some people who voted for Trump, and I dis, it disgusts me. It, I take it personally. I, fi- I find it offensive that somebody could say, oh, I, I just voted for Trump I vote because I'm a fiscal conservative. You're fiscal my ass because conservatives don't give a shit about fiscal, and they don't give a shit about your fiscal, that's for sure. Fiscal. If they were fiscal, they would do something about climate change, and they would actually make a functioning democracy that works for all. Now, if you're in the government for the, like, like for 30 years, p- making deals with fascist, racist, uh, authoritarians, you know, just a little, a little more, you know, we're gonna, we, we, we all are on the side of Wall Street. Wall Street and Main Street rise and fall together. Remember how we heard that shit, that bullshit? That is bullshit. Wall Street is doing great. Wall Street has always done great, and it will always do great. It's What about Main Street? You know, if we're such a great economy, why can't, why is it that Americans are dying without health care? Or they're cutting their insulin in half on their way to their third uniquely American low-paying job, they're dropping dead because they are having their, they're half in their, what is it called? They're cutting their insulin in half and they're, they're dropping dead. What, what, that's, such, that's such a great America, right? You know, fly another effing plane overhead, dumbass, with the friggin' have, have, another, have another tank roll down the street, roll over a couple of dead, uh, uh, you know, unnecessarily dead Americans because they couldn't get insulin or something ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, that's not great. And so, my God. And, and anybody who voted for Trump, this is what I'm saying. It's like, okay, so it's not just, it's not just about me, too. That's the other thing. Um, you know, I say, because I am gay, and I, I take it personal that you're, that I know, like, my sister. She doesn't come out and say it, but... I'm pretty, pretty sure that she voted for Trump. I, I just given her the way that she talks about it when I say something, and I always say something. Most of my family are normal people, you know, but my, my sister, for some reason, because my father was a Reagan Democrat or whatever. My father was a garbage man. He worked for the goddamn New York Sanitation. So he was a Teamster union member, but he voted Republican, and we would get into it all the time. But it was, he was one of these victims of Rush Limbaugh. He would drive, you know, in his car. He was able to buy a car, you know, every couple of years because of the union, thanks, thanks for, to the Democrats, that he had a decent salary, a living wage. He was able to retire in security without, um, you know, uh, he was a product of, he was a beneficiary, I should say, of the New Deal, which his, him and his buddies in the Republican Party dismantled. But he was lulled into this, this fantasy land of, oh, uh, they, they're, they're coming, they're taking. You know who the they are, right? It's all the brown people, the undeserving, the welfare queens, the, myth, the, the mythology, 
that they peddled to divide and conquer this country. But I think my sister, because, and then she was married to a Republican who was another asshole. And um, so I believe, and she's not that, you know, I mean, she's not that politically astute. So I would, if I, when I go to her house, you go into her house, you're in a, you're in a, bubble really you don't there's no news coming in there's no newspaper so she only hears what she hears from other people she hears bullshit they say stupid things about whatever like she was telling me that uh this is why i i was talking you know let's telling you guys recently that she was going off on immigrants okay nemo my our grandparents were immigrants off the boat okay and um I'm like, you're a fucking immigrant, you know? And so she's like um, saying that how um, that in Rutgers, because my, ne- my nephews and my niece went to Rutgers, and, they're, and that the, the dreamers were, they, you know, quote unquote, they, they're getting a full ride at Rutgers, all these illegals. This is what she was saying. I'm like, um, okay, well, I, I highly doubt what you're saying is 100% true, but even if it was, why are you such a racist? And why are you resentful at somebody who is a few rungs lower on the ladder rather than the people like the assholes you vote for, like Chris Christie, who make the rules so that you come out, that kids have to come out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt if you were, if you didn't vote against your own interests constantly, that maybe you we would have a society that promotes the general welfare above the welfare of the corporate elite, you know what I mean? Where people can go to college and you don't have to be an indentured servant to the banks. But that's why I always say that the Democrats are stupid for making these policies that are that that continue the divide that continually divide people along okay well if you're less than $120,000 you get a full ride above 120,000 you're you don't right but that creates resentment so my sister who lives in a middle class home but her kids are all college age going to college so they feel the stress of that they get in resentment at the uh at somebody who who is poor you know what i'm saying because they're getting because the those people are getting more assistance that's why everybody in and nobody out is the only way it's the only democratic way it's the only patriotic way we can go we have to go that way. Otherwise, and then, they, then they're always talking about, oh, we're such a divided country. That's why. That's partly why. When you have a country of everybody in, nobody out, then there is no other. There is no they. Oh, they get something. I don't get it. You get it if you need it, and it's there. That's it. You're an American. You're, you're here. You're an American resident. You're a guest in our home, whatever it is. We are here. That's how great this country is. We take everybody. We don't leave anybody behind. Nobody. Not in ig- ignorance. Not in illness. We're in this together. That's how you bring the country together. It's so simple. If, but they know it. They, and that's why the, the people in, in politics, they know that too. They're just in bed with the system now. They're benefiting off of the broken system. So that's why they're, 
they're not they don't want to do anything about it. Who did anybody mention in the Democratic debate except one person? Well, Kirsten Gillibrand mentioned talked about money and politics. Nobody mentioned it except except her. But that's really where it has to go. I mean, it is the root of all evil. And uh, yeah, and that is why the other thing when we talked about this last week with uh, with um, Buttigieg or whatever, who. I mean, he's fine, whatever. I like him. I'm very happy there's a gay man running openly. That's, that is progress, remember? Remember only how many, eight short years ago, Obama, he was not for gay marriage, and that's like this bullshit, because he was playing. He's the, he was pandering. He was using human beings as a stepping stone. That's all along. This is why I ha- you got to respect Bernie, because it didn't matter. Bernie was always gay rights before it was politically advantageous because there is a right side and there is a wrong side you know what i mean there's a right side of humanity and a wrong side of humanity and most people know right from wrong right you think not all of them i mean not the morons not the trump who we'll talk about in the second half yeah, so that's how they keep us divided. So the I don't want to hear any bullshit about um, under certain amount of money you get uh, you get to go to college. Everybody should go to college. If you want to go to college, go to college. If you want to go to a trade school, go to a trade school. That's how we invest in our people. We the people, right? And that's why FDR was so was a genius uh, in that matter. And and like I was saying with Buttigieg. He was talking about how I don't want to pay for rich, rich kids to go to college. But, but that's your ignorance. It's not about rich kids going to college. It's about everybody going to college. We should, that's why FDR made Social Security a program that belonged to us all. It, that's, they can't attack it. They, that's why. You know, he said no damn politician can ever scrap my program. So, and that's how it has to be with college with uh medicare or whatever or universal health care everybody in nobody out you're afraid of it you're you're you 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 lament this divided country start there everybody in nobody out everybody goes to college if you want that's how I, they do it all over the world oh and their excuses um Oh, we're, well, Norway is uh, however many people, and America has 320 million people. I thought we were the greatest country ever. I don't know. We can roll tanks down Pennsylvania Avenue, but we can't send our young people to college without making them indentured servants to the banks, apparently. We can put a man on the moon, but we can't provide universal health care like every other country. I don't know. All right, guys, I'm over um, the break time, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break only because I need some tea. And, oh, here's Tara Jr. Jr. Hi, Tara. Oh, mamma mia. And he stepped on the Siri. This is my cat, Tara Jr. Jr. <laughs> hello. Say hello to the people. Okay. And this is a mug you can buy at the RDT Daily merchandise store with a picture of Francis Jr. Jr. And this is a shirt you can buy at the store. So support the store, and you support the work that we do here on the, on the show and at the, at the website. All right, guys, I'm going to take a break. So we're going to do the same old, same old. You know the drill. It's about eight minutes. So 
it's the, we got the green news report and then we have a uh where is it then we have labor history in two i'm just looking for it okay and like i say my name is tara devlin i will see you in about eight minutes Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. We're here in Miami, which is already experiencing serious flooding on sunny days as a result of sea level rise. Climate change finally gets some airtime in the first 2020 Democratic presidential primary debates. Green News Report special coverage straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Does your plan save Miami? That is the biggest softball a presidential candidate can hope for. I don't care what anyone says. I believe the people of this great city should not drown. <laughs> this is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, before we get to your debate coverage, some pretty crazy, insane weather around the globe, including, if I'm right about this, five feet of hail in a Mexican city on Monday? Yes, it was pretty, pretty dramatic. Yeah. And that's not all. France broke its all-time high temperature record, 115 degrees Fahrenheit, shattered the previous record by three degrees. Other temperature records fell in Germany and Switzerland and Italy. It's hot out there. Well, as usual, nothing to worry about. The Democrats have it all covered, apparently, according to their first presidential debate of the 2020 presidential season. Yes, it was good timing for man-made climate change to finally get some airtime in a presidential debate. Some, not much. No, it only got about 15 minutes total over those two nights at the debates in Miami, so viewers didn't really get any details on how the candidates proposed to address one of the most consequential and complex issues that all future presidents will face. All of the candidates accept the science of climate change and the necessity of climate action, but their plans do differ on specifics, speed, and scope. All would rejoin the United Nations Paris Climate Agreement, from which President Trump plans to withdraw. Some used climate change to attack Trump. Here's California Senator Kamala Harris. I don't even call it climate change. It's a climate crisis. It represents an existential threat to us as a species. And the fact that we have a president of the United States who has embraced science fiction over science fact will be to our collective peril. And here's Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. What the president of the United States should do is not deny the reality of climate change but tell the rest of the world that instead of spending a trillion and a half dollars on weapons of destruction, let us get together for the common enemy, and that is to transform the world's energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. Former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper used his time to dismiss the Green New Deal resolution in the House of Representatives that seeks to create jobs by building infrastructure and addressing environmental injustice. Republicans have attacked the Green New Deal as socialism. The bottom line is if we don't clearly define that we are not socialists, the Republicans are going to come at us every way they can and, and call us socialists. We can't promise every American a government job. We should note that Hickenlooper, as governor of Colorado, was a big supporter of the fossil fuel industry and helped promote fracking around the state. 
Other candidates mentioned specific policies. Both former Maryland Congressman John Delaney and Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, called for a carbon tax with a dividend that returns all of the revenue directly to households. Here's Buttigieg. We need aggressive and ambitious measures. It's why we need to do a carbon tax and dividend. But I would propose we do it in a way that is rebated out to the American people in a progressive fashion so that most Americans are made more than whole. Former Vice President Joe Biden called for massive investments in research and development and called for building out an electric vehicle charging network. I would immediately insist that we, in fact, build 500,000 recharging stations throughout the United States of America so that we can go to a full electric vehicle future. Washington State Governor Jay Inslee and Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts both focused on the economic benefits of transitioning away from fossil fuels. Here's Governor Inslee, who has focused his entire presidential campaign on combating climate change. We know that we can put millions of people to work in the clean energy jobs of the future, and then we can do what America always does lead the world and invent the future and put people at work. Senator Warren focused on exporting U.S. clean energy technology to the world. There's going to be a worldwide need for green technology, ways to clean up the air, ways to clean up the water. There's a $23 trillion market coming for green products. We should be the leaders and the owners, and we should have that 1.2 million manufacturing jobs here in America. Well, I'll tell you, that sounded as much not like a Republican debate as pretty much anything I've ever heard. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Nice to hear them uh, talk about some of these things. They could use a lot more time, however, to talk about their very specific plans that many of them have. Yes, and help the public to understand what they're all talking about. Activist groups have succeeded in pushing the Democratic National Committee to schedule a vote at their next meeting in August about whether they will hold a debate specifically focused on climate change. So that could still happen. Could still. For much more on the debate and all of the stories we couldn't cover because of it, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planetwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Baby, if I could Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1935. That was the day transit workers in the Bronx walked off the job in what is referred to as the squeegee strike. These were the days when New York City's public transit was barely organized. Two of the three transit companies in New York City were privately owned with entrenched company unions. Up to this point, transit bosses had successfully crushed every previous strike. Now, six car cleaners at the Jerome Avenue barn had just been fired for refusing management's imposed speed up. Supervisors had replaced their 10-inch squeegees with those that measured 14 inches. They were expected to clean more in a shorter period of time. According to historian Joshua Freeman, author of In Transit, when word spread that the six cleaners had been fired, others downed their tools in protest. They demanded unsuccessfully to meet with the shop foreman. After several hours of waiting, they discovered that management had removed their time cards. That's when the two-day walkout began. 
as many as 70 workers stormed off the job. Pickets went up outside the barn and at the inner borough rapid transit headquarters. The regional NLRB office quickly mediated a settlement that forced the IRT to reinstate the discharged workers and strikers and to answer their grievances. Freeman notes this first strike, though small in scale and brief, was significant. The victory of the squeegee strike immediately built the TWU's authority citywide. It quickly brought several hundred new members into the union. The new dues-paying members provided a financial base for full-time organizers needed to organize New York City's transit. The union would grow rapidly and soon enjoy a number of organizing victories. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at laborhistoryin2. Yo. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around, hanging out. I want to, you know, just uh, give a shout out to all of the patrons. And I want to, sp- I want to actually special thanks to Michael B. B for Browning. <laughs> Wait, my hair is sticking up. <laughs> I saw this like little whoop whoop. Uh, he has upped his donation so i i appreciate it uh, he's being very generous and i also sent him a couple of messages so if you're listening michael i sent you some messages on patreon because i would like you to pick something out of the rdt daily merchandise store and i will send it to you as a thank you gift so if you want a t-shirt a mug or maybe you want a t-shirt and a mug i don't know i will i'm, I'm feeling generous and because you're an amazing supporter, so I want to thank you all. But I also want to thank Lisa M, Joey B, Michael D, Daniel S, Michael L D, Gail P, Jim A, Sam S, David B, Gary R, James S, Martin S, Cynthia O, Dwayne G, B, uh, Peter R. Jane C, John J, Susan S, Katie O, Deborah W, Paul M B, and Randall B. I don't know why I'm not saying their names, but it's not like it's like AA or anything. But it can be. We can devolve this into an AA meeting anytime we'd like. And I also like want to thank Stephen Lee for chatting a a very generous donation on the super chat this evening. Thank you. That helps because I can't do this by myself, and we do. We want to. We want to create more liberal content on RDT Daily and at the Facebook page and the YouTube channel. And you're the ones keeping this afloat. So without you, there would be no show. There would be no site. There would be nothing. And we would be basically at the mercy of Fox News and MSNBC. So thank you. Thank you, Stephen. And, okay, guys, um, what else I want to... I, I was, like, looking at the time. Damn, kid. It's going by. So, yeah. There's a couple of things. I wanted to talk about the board, what was going on at the border, which really... And I also wanted to... I mean, maybe people get mad at me again, but I don't care. I wanted to talk about Joe Biden, who was annoying. 
And I honestly, like I was saying in the first half, and I've been saying every week, I don't think he was he's going to be the uh, our best choice to be the nominee. And the fact is we need to have somebody who inspires people because all elections it's it, are base elections especially a presidential election they now i i do believe that the there's some kind of mythology out there that the, all uh, uh, all of the sudden all of these republicans are just going to they're going to come to their senses and vote for a democrat that's not going to happen and that uh, if if Joe Biden pretends to be, he's not as uh, crazy. This crazy liberal idea that everyone should have health care. He's uh, that he he's he wants uh, incremental, incremental change. He's not he's not way left. That that all the Republicans who are sick of Trump are going to vote for him. I don't. It's not going to happen. I believe that what will happen. This is what will happen. Okay the that the base of the democratic party this the the liberal base it will stay home and it's it will be a repeat of not just what happened to Hillary Clinton but what happened when uh in the midterms uh when Barack Obama put social security on the table and 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 started playing footsie with John Boner and uh the the Democratic base was demoralized and stayed home. They they didn't. Uh, and what happened was the right wingers were charged and they were motivated, and that's why we had this. I think that nude model guy got in there before Elizabeth Warren, and I believe that's that what will ha- that is what will happen again if. We have Joe Biden. I really do. He's not the best choice. I'm sorry. He's not. He's the past. And his, his I guess his claim to fame is he's, uh, he's got a black friend. That's what it seems like to me. This is his, his, what he's running on. And he gave a speech, or not a speech, he gave an interview with CNN. And... It was. It even made me more alarmed than <laughs> than I generally am. So let me see. So this is this is Joe Biden talking about Medicare for all. We're in a situation where if you provide an option for anybody who we're in a situation where if you provide an option for anybody who in fact wants to buy into Medicare for all, they can buy in. They buy in. And they can do it. But if they like their employer-based insurance, which a lot of unions broke their neck to get, a lot of people like their, they shouldn't have to give it up. Mm. Wants to buy into Yeah, sorry about that. I, I hit the rewind button there. So. But I hate that whole argument. They shouldn't have to give it up. If, the, uh, if somebody has, they like their insurance. That's, this, that's a whole fallacy that I keep hearing all over the corporate media, that if you like your insurance, what the, what people like is they like going to a doctor. They like having the ability to see someone when they're sick. They don't like their private health insurance. That's not what they what they like. And him saying that if you are in a union and you busted your ass to negotiate the, the, a special health insurance policy, then why should you give that up? The, that's 
because you are able to negotiate a decent health care policy in a system that has millions of Americans left out, thousands dying a year needlessly for lack of care, you, uh, that, that's not a good argument. It's not a, it doesn't, it's not equal because somebody in a union has decent insurance. So we should have millions of people left behind without insurance. There you go again. There it is again. Where is the, where is the e pluribus unum? Where is the general welfare? And there's another way to message that than, and I believe I have, I, I believe that my, the way I talk about it is is the best. And in fact, I, I saw Jerry Nadler not too long ago, and I said that to him, but he seemed very dismissive about it. I said, look, we need to position the, the, the fight for universal health care as a patriotic imperative that we don't leave people behind in this country. It's, you know, just like when the Republicans uh, talked about moving heaven and earth when it comes to having an illegal war based on lies after we are attacked on, on September 11th. They use that attack to go attack a different country that, they, that never attacked us. And they say, oh, we would have moved heaven and earth. And uh, Well, why don't we move heaven and earth so millions of people aren't left behind without health care and don't have to, that we don't have people who are in fear that they, are, that they get sick and everything comes crumbling down. We're the only country that allows that to happen. So... Let me see. So I'm reading the, the as far as Joe Biden. Um, yeah, okay, let's see. Myriad Creative uh, is disagreeing about, the, about my opinion about um, whether Biden is, will lose if he is the Democratic nominee. So he, he writes, I think, you're a, I think you're a man, as far as I remember. I might be wrong, Myriad Creative. Um, I disagree. If you are, you know, that's fine. Let me know. If you're a woman, let me know. I think you're a man, though. I'm just saying. Um, that's why I'm saying he. I, yes. Uh, I disagree. I think our Democratic base will turn out in droves. We loathe Trump. However, we need more than just the base to beat Trump. Voter suppression, gerrymandering, and Russians. Yes, it's true. I'm, I, it's, yes, we do need more than just the base, but we, don't, we cannot win without the base. You see, I think that all those people will come out anyway. And then if the base, you know, all of the base that stayed home or voted for Jill Stein, okay, which I find ridiculous. But I know I do know some people who voted for Jill Stein, and I think that's ridiculous. But uh, I don't I, I think that if yes, I yeah, the, the but the loathing for Trump won't be enough. And um I believe that the Trump supporters will be motivated to protect him. They are. The, they're rabid. And, but that's why I think that Joe Biden is, he's not, he's not, he's not inspiring enough. He's not, not that, I mean, yes, you, you should be, we should all be inspired to get rid of fascism, right? That should be enough. But I think that's what he's counting on. He's hearkening back to, the Obama years, which, you know what, they, they were fine, but yeah, uh, we weren't embarrassed by Obama around the world when he, when he traveled outside of the country. He wasn't met with a giant baby Obama balloon. He was met with adoring crowds, and it seemed, you know, like he, he, he was a, he's a decent human being, but he was not 
a liberal. He's and he's never he never was. So, um, and part of the reason his con- his continued, uh, I guess, delusion that he was he, that suddenly the Republicans are going to work with him was probably some of the most frustrating days of my life or months or years watching this go on and him capitulating and and the the fact is that uh, when he lost when we lost the midterms after obama won in such an you know he won and he had the we had the democratic majority for that for that short period of time if obama caused the demoralization this is what i believe i mean maybe i'm wrong but he caused the demoralization of the Democratic Party by putting Social Security on the table. And also, because he had a meeting. I don't know if you guys remember, him and John Boner got together, and they came up with the grand bargain. Remember that? And the grand bargain consisted of a... Why can't I talk? Partial privatization of Social Security, Okay. That's Obama, but it was rejected because Boner was sticking to the caucus room conspiracy that they that the Republicans had uh, had given themselves an oath on the night of Obama's inauguration to prevent him from doing anything, and including that, even though that it was whatever they would when Obama put that on the table, it was like that's. That's something that the Republicans had wanted forever, but they didn't want to give Obama any kind of win in any form. So, and it took years for for Obama, I believe, to wake up to the fact that he was that they weren't going to work with him. And he and I remember remember when they were arguing when we were the whole country was arguing about Obamacare. The and uh, I mean, first of all, we know that if there was a public option in Obamacare, we wouldn't we wouldn't be dealing with this shit. It would be done. It would be a done deal already. But Obama took that off the table, and these the, the, this is what they mean when they talk about um, realistic. Don't get don't get too pie in the sky. What they're talking about is that they are fine with a broken system. They're fine with a country that is the least upwardly mobile with the widest uh, income gap between rich and poor. That, but into that gap, into that uh, upward immobility steps a fascist like Trump. The the fact that we are so divided uh, uh, because of that, because we have that party that isn't truly fighting for the working class, that is that is also offering us up on the table. And remember when Obama had a, he had a, uh, uh, a, there was some kind of labor board that he had. Some kind of, uh, they were coming up with, I could probably look this up, but it, but it had absolutely no workers on it. It was no, there was no union. Oh, it was like some kind of business round table he had. But it was like, there was no representatives from unions on there, right? Nothing. It was all like these titans of, it, it was like, of course, it was. He was a moderate Republican. That's what it was, and he believed. I don't know why. Uh, that if he, I guess. I mean, I do know why because I do. I believe that in in Obama's psyche. I've had enough therapy. I, I for myself. I can kind of diagnose other people sometimes, <laughs> but I believe because he he is of 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 uh, two worlds, right? He's mixed race. He has a uh, 
black father, white mother. He raised by white people, almost like raised by wolves, right? But he was able, he was comfortable. He always talked about being comfortable in boardrooms or in, in, uh, in a project or he would be, um, you know, he could straddle those worlds. And he always considered himself some kind of a, that, a bridge between those worlds. And I do believe that he thought that he could do that with the Republican Party. He could reach across the aisle. He could find common, a commonality with Republicans, reach into their decency, as if he can find it. But he, didn't, he couldn't find it. They wouldn't work with him. They wanted him to fail, and thereby they wanted us to fail. That's the whole thing. Because remember, when Obama took office, we were in a financial crisis, almost in a second Great Depression. That they, and that was the second time that, that conservative policies had brought us to the brink of, well, to, well, the first Republican Great Depression, and then we had the near second Republican Great Depression in 100 years. It's two times in a century these, these mother effers bring us to the brink of destruction. But and, and we're there. Uh, you know, it's always the workers that get screwed, right? So the fact is we, we need, you know, uh, we're living. We're still living in FDR's shadow, thankfully. People are still pulled out of poverty because of his policies. And, and those were bold, um, uh, progressive policies, that didn't leave, well, I mean, we can go into another. I was going to say didn't leave people behind. That's not true. There were a lot, there were very racist aspects of the New Deal. That's, uh, but on the Social Security front, everybody was in and nobody out, right? But that's the whole thing. That's another thing. Now, when I just said that, I remembered just recently how when AOC mentioned how there were racist aspects of the New Deal, and then the corporate media went nuts saying, oh, AOC called FDR racist, and, and that was the story for, for days. But she didn't call him racist. She was pointing out the effing truth and the immature, giant big king babies in the corporate media. They don't want us to confront our racist history or really evolve into a, a mature de democracy. That's what it would take. We're not, we're like babies. We're like poopy, diapy babies uh, running around. We're not, uh, we're a very young country, and we have a lot of learning and growing to do. And uh, it's unfortunate that the, there's a lot of Americans that ha don't have the, they don't have the courage to confront our history. We have to confront it, though, if we've got to move forward. Because they could talk about moving forward together all day long. But, you know, they don't want to move forward together. But that's the only way we're going to move forward. In it together. All of us. Black, white, gay, straight, male, female, in the middle, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're Americans <clears throat> or people who aspire to be in our little club. And we should, uh, we, we have to move forward together. That's, that's what it means to be an American, right? Leaving nobody behind. That's it. That, and that's what I, when I was saying to Jerry, what's his name, Nadler, um, you know, I thought that was a, that's, yeah. You got to speak to these conservatives in their own language. If you speak to them, you talk about universal health care and you couch it in the, in the language of patriotism, that I think that they will be more apt to see it that way. Uh, because it really is about making a more perfect union, a stronger country. 
And that's how we're going to do it. And we have to confront our racist history. But, you know, when you start, when you constantly separate people along not just racial lines, but the economic lines in that turn, where you're saying, oh, if you get above 120000 you can't go to go to college for free you and then but what about the one who's like 121,000 what does that do to that person it creates resentment so then they're pissed off at the ones who are getting it and they're struggling and this and it goes on and on and and we're and here we are forever divided so oh boy what else okay yeah so since I'm talking about it so here's Biden saying he's uh, center left to the people in party right now when polled who say, yeah, I like Joe Biden, but I think that his ideas are the old ideas. The new ideas, I see a Warren, I see a Sanders, I see a Harris. You poll lower than them. You poll lower than them on ideas for the future. What do you say to them? I say to them, take a look at my ideas. Take a look at my ideas. I haven't haven't seen those Let's see them. I haven't seen where people say, what I've seen around the country is the vast majority of Democrats are where I am on the issues. We've got to be aggressive. And they're big ideas. What ideas? The big idea on education, on health care, on dealing with the environment. I mean, it's just, uh, I I, I love how, you know, all of a sudden, I I wish I had been, I wish I had been labeled as moderate when I was running in Delaware back in the days when it was. uh, 80% of your party says it's center left. No, Uh, I am center left. Farther left is getting more attention. It's getting amplified. It is. Look. It's a disconnect. Look, it's center left. That's where I am. Where it's not is way left. Now look, but that's what we can find out. That's what this. That's what this debate is about. Yeah, it's all funny. Paradu on the on the chat. Yes, big ideas really too big to talk about. That's what it seems like. It just it's so big they can't fit in this conversation. Because I'm like, what big ideas? What are your ideas? Well, let me tell you though, we do have. That's why another thing is that he says he has such a long history of being on the wrong side of history and i think that that's going to work against him partly because it's true we we have well partly not partly that's it is because it's true we have um clarence thomas because of joe biden we have these uh, kiss up kick down bankruptcy laws because of joe biden and here's oh who's oh biden isn't that what Trump called him? Biden in uh, 1995, talking about the sacred cow of Social Security, how he's willing to sacrifice it. Whatever happened to old conservative discipline about paying for what you spend? I'm up for re-election this year, and I'm going to remind everybody what I did at home, which is going to cost me politically. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare oh, and Medicaid. Yeah. Hey. I meant veterans benefits. I meant Why not? every single Stop granny. thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Somebody has to tell me in here how we're going to do this hard work without dealing with any of those sacred cows. Yeah, they're always so willing to slice up everybody else's piece of the pie. Unbelievable. So this is what he's talking about. And uh, where, where's the other one? Oh, the, uh, the other thing that annoyed me in that interview is that his, his new phrase, or whatever, maybe it's an old phrase, come on, man, come on, man. That's what he says. Hey, man, come on, man. 
when you when you ask him a question, it's like, hey, man, come on, man. Uh, here's a little clip. In fact, Why didn't you fight it like this in the debate? In 30 seconds? Hey, come what on, happens man. most in a debate, Mr. Vice President? People blow their time cue. You're the only person I've well, ever seen on the debate stage say I'm out of time. Well, we never had a place where you have 30 seconds, man. What I did want to do is get in that scrum. <laughs> Do you think the American public looked at that debate? Take me out of it. I thought, boy, come on, man. But they come on, man. Come on. I'm looking forward to this, man. Come here, man. Oh, come on, man. What the hell is that? <laughs> come on, man. Like, I, I got big ideas, man. Come on, man. All right. Well, one day at a time. This is all I got to say. I, well, not all, obviously. It is a terror buster. Yeah. Yeah. So Haiku says it's true. Here's a little litany. Anita Hill, busing, mass incarceration, inappropriate touching. Tell a black man he should apologize. Boy, son. Come on, man. It's true. Yeah, we do need a, a progressive president. And, because, and it's not just because the progressive policies are, you know, will win. I believe they will win. But... We need a progressive solution to all the problems that we have. Like, this is not a drill. We have, as far as climate change is, is concerned, they, we have 12 years to do something about it. We're the last generation to be able to do something to, to, to change the trajectory of an inhabitable, uninhabitable planet. So, and... Uh, incrementalism. What did, what did Joe Biden said? Nothing's going to change if I'm president. Not, everything will remain the same. He actually told that to donors. They want everything to remain the same. We don't, enough. You know what, Joe Biden, go, go home and relax. Take a chill pill. Chill out. Go ride your boat or whatever the hell you do. I mean, you, there's other ways you can serve this country. Instead of being a president, this is the other thing when, when Hillary was running. And, of course, I voted for Hillary because I'm, I'm not an idiot. I would rather be fighting, pushing her left than fighting fascism. I always say I'd probably get more sleep. But uh, there are other ways to serve. If you, it's, it, if you don't see the writing on the wall, I know that, every, that all of a sudden Biden's in the lead. He's, uh, he's in the lead. That's only because people know him. But get him up on a stage in front of Trump? Are you kidding me? First of all, we saw what happened when Kamala Harris attacked him for, on the truth. And it was like, oh, I can't believe she came at me that way. And it took him days. Now he finally apologized, apparently. He's got no, I don't know what it is. If whatever his political instincts are, they're, they're rusty. All he had to do initially was say, I was wrong then. I've changed. Or whatever you do as somebody who proposes racist policies because the whole busing thing that's a that's another thing because he was holding on to busing long after the democratic party had let it go the many of the racists in the democratic party was like all right this is not this is not a fight we're gonna win and he was still a proponent of it it wasn't that he was he was just on board he was leading the fight against the busing what is busing it was another way to integrate this country. They were, we were resolving the racist history of this country or trying to confront it in some way by m mixing people together. But the fact is, the other thing he was talking about was um, the, uh, Joe Biden with this busing thing. The, the fact is, the, he was talking about education recently. And 
There were you know, all these complicated ideas. That's the other thing with the Democratic Party. The DLC Democratic Party, they, they have all of these, l- these long-winded, complicated ideas to supposedly to confront a, a problem, like, for instance, busing. But re- what's the, what is the real problem? The problem is that we have, we have schools in this country where some schools are better than others. They have more funding. They have more resources. That is because the, the school is funded through property taxes and not the general fund. And that was another racist-ass policy in this country that is a result of segregation and Jim Crow because of the, the racist-ass senators who Joe Biden got along with and worked with wanted to, to keep African-Americans in their place. So that's why they didn't want to, they didn't want to have to share this country. They want to make sure they, they remained in a lower economic status and, and, ha, and, and had less services. And white people had everything, you know, they had great schools and great, all great funding and everything was, you know, wonderful in white land. But the fact is, that's why busing existed to to not just uh, have other people from different races, or it's not even race, different, who have different pigment. We only one race, for Christ's sakes. And so, but, you know, mixing and mingling with each other and getting to know each other, it was, uh, you know, to share the services. Instead of just having, you know, having real solutions, like let's fund schools out of our general fund and not through property taxes. So, oh, God. Well, anyway, this is how, here's here's how Biden says he's going to beat Trump. This guy is a divider-in-chief. This guy is acting with racist policies. This guy is moving to to, to foment hate, to split. That's the only way he can be sustained himself. Nothing about him worries you? Oh, sure it worries me, in the sense that I'm looking forward to this, man. (laughs) <laughs> you walk behind me in a debate. Come here, man. Oh, God. Isn't that annoying? Debate. Come here, man. Like, it's this like guy a child. Is a divider. Behind me in a debate. Come here, man. Walk behind me in a debate. Come here, man. Oh, my God. It reminded me of when they were, they wanted to fight. Remember that? Where is that? Joe Biden and Trump, they were going to fight each other. Yeah. Chris always asked me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. Did you see where Biden wants to take me to the back of the barn? Me. I wish he would take you right up the bunghole. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> Mr. Tough Guy. Take me if we were in to high the... school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. That would not last long. You see, you see these morons. You know what I mean. This is why we. I wish uh, a woman president, but uh, only if she's a Democrat, because you know Republicans. If you're a female Republican, you have to be a bigger misogynist than the Republican males. They. That's one requirement. Anyway, before in the last couple of minutes, and uh, I'm gonna. I know I keep harping on Joe Biden, but I'm sorry. It's on my mind. I wanted to talk about the what was going on at the border, and it's not just the concentration camps, but the how um, how AOC and the Congress people who went down there to investigate the uh, the these concentration camps, how they were met with uh, 
with the hate, you know, of the Jesus-loving Republicans, right? They, let me just play this, how AOC's at the border here. Hold on. We saw today was unconscionable. No child should ever be separated Listen to those Christians in the background. Parents. No child should ever be taken from their family. No woman should ever be locked up in a pen when they have done no harm to another human being. They should be given water. They should be given basic access to human rights. And it is a false notion. To them. The idea that we have to choose between people is a false notion. No child ever has to suffer for the benefit of another. And I will never accept that argument. Liar. You hear them yelling? You know what we're doing today? We are putting America first. Not That's right. So you all can yell and scream. But what we saw today, what we did today, is try to bring the eyes. Do you hear them? We don't want Sharia law. We want Jesus. Today, what I learned today and seeing the eyes of a father of 14 year old Unbelievable. Is that it's not about children only. It's also about. You wait, wait, wait. I don't know if you hear that in the background. That I mean, it might be hard for those who are listening on the podcast, but do you hear in the background that when this, when, uh, what's her name? Rashida Tlaib is, she's getting emotional. She's starting to, her voice is beginning to crack a little. And the, and she's talking about the, the abuse that's going on in the concentration camps. The, the Trump anzies are going, oh, boo-hoo. They're mocking her and the, and the children and the human beings that we are keeping in concentration camps. Now, recently, let me just, let me, let me just play the, 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 the rest of this. The mothers. But I will outwork your hate. I will outlove your hate. I will always put my country first. Mm-hmm. what you all do. We came today and we saw that the system is still broken. And that people's human rights are still being abused. We remain very concerned about the liar. You hear that, lady? In which people are being kept. Traitor. In fact, at the border patrol station number one, we had a chance Unbelievable. to visit with about 15 or 20 mothers, some of whom had been at that border patrol station for over 50 days. Tell them to go home. Then you hear that in the background. Tell them to go home. Then. Like, they, they're, they're only here because they're fleeing violence and they want a chance to live. Like, these freaks wouldn't know, they wouldn't know a day of sacrifice that these, mor- that these uh, morons, I was going to, not them, I was, that these, uh, you know, migrants, <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't talking, I wasn't calling the migrants morons, I was thinking of the morons yelling at the migrants. But that they, I would, I will trade you all those racists for all of the refugees. Get rid of them. They, that's why when I was thinking about what to talk about today or or what to title this show, that is why right there is a case in point. Republicans don't like this country. They hate America. There's not, it's not just that they hate America. They're confused. 
by America. What does it mean to be an American? Forget just being an American. What does it mean to be a human being? You, you vile creatures yelling about boo-hoo and saying, we love Jesus? Do you really? If Jesus came back, you'd crucify him again. I can't even believe it. Liar, traitor. This is what they're yelling at Trump 2020. That's what they're yelling at the at the representatives who are down there to help people. Now, let me uh, hold on a second and put this back up. There's another, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Border Patrol agents have, sh- uh, not uh, the, the, the list of crimes. Uh, of course, the Facebook page, that it was revealed recently, this Facebook page that exists where these Border Patrol agents are, are denigrating and dehumanizing the human beings that are, there, that are coming here to live, that want to live. They want a shot uh, at, at life without being forced into a gang or raped or murdered. You know, these are people that would be uh, the treasure of this country if we treated them with dignity and humanity and opened our doors and said, you're home, welcome. Yes, of course we're a nation of laws. You will see the judge. You, and in fact, we don't have to put you in a concentration camp. That What, what Obama did was that they gave them a court date. And 100%, I think that's what it was, it was like 99.999% of all the migrants that were given a court date showed up for their court date because they want to be here legally. And they're not coming here illegally. But you are legally allowed to, uh, to present yourself at the border and say, I am seeking asylum. That's because we used to be a, a, a nation that valued that kind of humanity. So, uh, and we helped craft those laws so another Holocaust would never happen again. Not that the Republicans know anything about that, because if this were 1935 Germany, they'd be goose-stepping down the street. You know that for a fact. And if this was, if this was 1935 America and Trump was president, he'd be, he'd be parading around with Hitler. You know that for a fact. And these, these were the, the uh, these right-wingers down there at the border. They would be in the German-American Bund or whatever. They would be praising the American fascists. But this is what they do. So apparently Border Patrol agents, uh, there's a, another incident where CNN reported that they were, um, they, they made a migrant walk around with a, a note saying, I like men. On his, you know, a, to shame him. As, so, so they're homophobic racists, and this is who is representing us. This is the window into the world that when somebody comes here as a migrant, that's who's greeting them. You know what? I wore the uniform of this country. We were taught, and you, know, you, wanna, you don't want to have racists in, uh, in the army, but you're, you're the ambassador. When you're wearing the uniform of this country, you are an ambassador for this country, so you better behave yourselves like human beings. And not that I needed to be told that, but apparently somebody, some of these people do. And they, sh- they, should, have, they should have absolutely no, wi- they should be nowhere near power over anybody. And all of these people need to be fired, frankly. This is what we're up against. So right, right-wingers do not love this country. Remember that. They are confused by America. We are the true patriots, progressives, normal people, liberals, Democrats, center-left Democrats. 
We're the normal people, people who are capable of functioning in, the, in a democracy, the kind of democracy these right-wingers can only pretend to love as they're, you know, getting a hard-on of a, out when a, fl a plane flies above their heads. They have absolutely no idea what this country is about. This is why we are in the crisis, and we need real progressive change. It's the only thing that's going to that's gonna save this thing. So, all right, guys, I see the time. Oh, mama mia. This is why we have to do the show every day. So please become a patron, and eventually, hopefully, we, we will be able to do the show every day. If you become a patron, we'll uh, eventually, this will be a daily show. How many times can I say that in one sentence? All right, so my name is Tara Devon. Please become a patron. Uh, get a ticket for the Minds event. Go to my Twitter feed and look at that link and get a ticket, and we'll, I'll meet you there. Otherwise, I will see you next week. As I always say, we stick together. We win. I don't even know. I'm trying to be inspirational, but it's failing. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.